My name is Michael. I am one of the pastors here at the church, and we're very excited to have you with uh, have you with us this Sunday morning. However, it, it, you can sit in the front row, okay? I see there's people like adding chairs in the back, looking and like, well, could you scoot over and scoot our family in there? Eads, I saw y'all. I mean, y'all are like walking in. You know, there's pe- there's plenty of chairs right here in the front. Some even have glitter on them for some unknown reason. Um, very excited to have you with us this Sunday morning. We are in the uh, towards the end of a series we've been uh, entitled Collide, in which we are discussing what it looks like when what happens in the church, that whole world, collides with what happens in your home life, your family, whatever it is, when those two things collide. And we've been basing this off of the Shema found in Deuteronomy 6, something that Jesus would have said. Multiple times a day throughout his life. Now, I understand that Daryl had you repeat it. has been having you repeat it, um, but he's a doctor. I'm just a master, so I'm just going to read it to you. Here it is in Deuteronomy 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands I am giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you lie, when you're at home. And when you are on away on a journey, when you're lying down and when you are getting up again, tie them to your hands as a reminder and wear them on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, in this, um, these familiar words by now to you, one of the things that it talks about is um, this repetitious thing, this, this repeat them again and again. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on a journey, when you lie down, when you get up. There's a rhythm to this. There's a rhythm to these words and and to what God is trying to get us to do. When I got married almost 15 years ago, Jenna and I moved to, we spent our time in the wilderness of Norman, Oklahoma. It was our time in the desert, away from civilization, away from humanity. Um, And we lived really close to campus there and Sorry if any Sooners are in the room, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, so we, we, uh, we live really close to campus. We didn't know a single person. We, uh, we were not from there. We, we moved. We had known each other when we got married a little less than a year. And so it was time for us to... Hi, my name's Michael. How are you doing? You're my wife now. This is great. Let's figure this out. So it's a great thing for us. And one of the things that we started to do was to play tennis. Are there any tennis players in here? Really? Nobody? A couple of you? Anybody want to take me on? You might after you hear the story. Um, so Jen and I, we had tennis courts at our um, apartment complex. And because we didn't know anyone, we uh, would just hang out, you know. Uh, and we would go and we'd play tennis. Now, Jenna grew up playing tennis. She grew up here in Alma Heights, was on the tennis team at Alma Heights, was a part of two state championship teams of which she was um, I'm sure a bigger part than, um, than she says she was on the team. Uh, she's kind of a big deal um, in tennis. I was a tennis player that believed if you hit it hard enough, anything could happen, right? If you ever held a tennis racket in your hand and you're like, well, this is bouncy, um, throw something at me and just wham, you know, over the fence. That's not how you play tennis. Oh, uh, I was that guy who just liked to crush it. Um, and so we, we would play and she would beat me and then we'd play again and she would beat me again. In fact, I don't think I'm pretty positive. I never beat her in the state of Oklahoma. 
she just destroyed me all the time. Which, you know, the first few times, it's like, I'm in love with you. You're my newlywed. This is cute. Um, then, like, months into it, never winning starts to get old. And this isn't fun anymore. All you do, like, you hit the ball over there to make me run on purpose, knowing that you could put it right where I am. Um, and, and so we would have these little conversations. And she said, well, you just need to practice. Practice. I'm not, I'm not going to practice. And, and it occurred to me, um, I had this thought of this guy, Tom Kite. Tom Kite is a professional golfer. I used to be uh, quite a golfer when I was little, and I played a bunch of tournaments all over, uh, all over the place. And one of the tournaments I played in, Tom Kite uh, was there, and he was giving us a clinic. And he said, he's hitting balls. He's got his wedge out. He's got a bucket of balls, and he's just hitting balls. And there's, like, the same spot every time. Boom, boom, boom. <clears throat> he's like, if you want to make this, if you want to be good at this sport, you have to find the rhythm of your swing so that when you're out on the course your body already knows what it's going to do. You've got to find that rhythm. And in, in order to get that rhythm, you've got to be on the range every day, three, four, five hours. Take one club and hit as many balls as you can to find that rhythm with that one club. It was there, folks, that I decided I would not join the PGA. It has nothing to do with my real ability. It has to do with the fact that I am way too ADD to sit on a driving range with one club for that long. Like, there's no way this is ever going to happen. But that is what I started thinking about tennis. All right, I just need to find that rhythm, the rhythm of that swing. And so I would watch guys on TV, and I would watch Pete Sampras, and, and I would see the rhythm of his swing. And I would try to go out and do the rhythm of Pete Sampras' swing. And it would hit the back of the fence. Um, you know, I'd just like, oh, yeah, just power. Wah! And Pete's balls always drop in. They're like, shut Mine, mine don't do that. They just hit the back of the fence. So I, I'm not going to join the pro tennis tour either. But the thing is, it's about a rhythm. It's about finding the rhythm of that swing. It's about finding... What, if you've ever picked up anything new, you know that you have to get into the motion of it and do it again and again and again and again in order to understand it. What God is asking us to do here is to do something, to focus on him, to say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might. When you're at home, when you're on the way on the journey, when you get down for bed at night and when you rise again in the morning. Do this all of the time. Constantly find this rhythm of loving me, and Jesus would add in later, and loving others. Because when you find that rhythm, it will become natural to you. So how do we do this at my house when we are at home? A great place to find this rhythm is at the, the dinner table. Now, the first step is having a meal together. But when you do so, wouldn't it be great? We always pray and we always do a, a very um, Emmaus type thing, highs, lows. We always do, what's your, what was the greatest thing that happened to you today? And, you know, Kids will throw something out. You know, Grace will usually say teacher. So you enjoyed seeing your teacher. Yes. Great, Grace. And, um, and, and we don't typically do lows. We just focus on where God is positive in our life. But, but wouldn't it be great if before we did all of this, that as we sit down, we say the Shema. Hey, guys, love the Lord your God with everything and love others the same way.
Now let's pray for the food. It's a rhythm. They intuitively know that when you sit down, this is what happens. We focus on the love of God and how we love God and how he loves us. When we are away on a journey, wherever we're going, if we're traveling and things come up, you're constantly saying, hey, love God, love others. Love God, love others. Love God, love God with everything you are. You ever been in a car, and uh, Scott Hare pointed this out, the, the surprised by the news? You ever been in a car with your, with your child and, and the news is on or a story comes on the news and it says something that you're not ready to share with your, your child yet? That you don't know how, and you're like, whoa, look over there, the truck, and you hit change on the radio really quick. Like, uh, if, for example, um, shooting at the high school in Washington. You know, that comes on and, and you're like, w- w- uh, what? Because what always happens is the kids are just talking and doing kid things, but they're also listening. And then you hear this question, Daddy, what happened in Washington? Huh? Uh, what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your might, son. Just focus on that and love others. But actually, isn't that something to fall into? Hey, buddy, love everyone the same way that you love God, and we love God with everything we have. You get into this rhythm where you're not surprised by these things because you just throw it out there. It becomes a part of your natural swing. When you lie down at night, something that um, I always do with the kids is uh, I I pray the ironic blessing over them, the thing that we do at the end of every service here. Lord, bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. Lift his countenance unto you and give you peace. And then for Grace, I pray a little different prayer for her. And I pray for her healing and for words. And for Corbin, I then open it up for his own contribution to the prayers. Corbin, what would you like to pray for? Nothing. Okay, great. Um, Could you pray for something? I pray for the Penguins. He's not talking about the hockey team either. I'm like... Could you be a little bit more specific? Uh, I pray for Maggie the penguin. It's one of his stuffed penguins. He really likes penguins. <clears throat> Could you pray for someone living? I mean, he's a typical pastor. Yes, thank you, Kev. He's a typical pastor's kid. You know, he's just like doing everything he can not to do what he knows I want him to do. But it is that rhythm of getting into this thing of, of, of loving God and loving others. If, if I begin uh, by, by saying these things to him, God, you know, Corbin. We're going to love God with everything we have. We're going to love other people the same way. Get into that rhythm so that it is a natural part of who he is. In the morning time. Now, this is a great one, right? How many of you does your day sound something like this? So when we get up in the morning, the alarm clock goes off and we hit the snooze button. Because that's what you do. And then nine minutes later, because all alarm clocks, their snooze button is nine minutes is it that strange? I've always wondered why nine. Why not ten? Is it to make you think it's only been nine minutes? How come not ten? I don't know. This is what happens in my mind in the morning. And and so I hit the snooze button. It goes off again. I wake up Jenna. I'm like, hey, get up. It's your turn. Anyone else do that? It's your turn thing. Um, and and so we get up. And a lot of times, what will happen is Grace will wake up first, and she stays in her room, and she will start singing. And it's just this beautiful sound. Uh, of her singing down the hallway. Ha, 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 is how she sings. She sings the scales for some reason. Um, and, and then sometimes she'll switch over to mama, really pretty melodically. Mama. If nothing happens, eventually she'll go, 
da, da. You know, it's just this beautiful sound. But see, the problem is when we go into her room, it's going to shift from that to picture, picture, picture. She wants a different picture, and we don't know which one. And it just is like, ah. And then we wake up Corbin, Mr. Friendly in the morning. Corbin is um, just, he is a wonderful kid. He has a great heart. But dude does not like to wake up. And, you know, you, you shake him. He's like, oh, he's just grumpy as all get out. We have a time frame because the bus comes at 710 to pick the kids up. And so at that point, it is now beat the clock time in our household, right? We're trying to get breakfast ready. So Jenna tackles breakfast while I change Grace and we get her to the room and we try to sit her down at the table. Then I try to feed Grace. And at that moment, we pull out this little Jesus calling for kids and we read a little something midst of being hit. Corbin asking just questions like, hey, uh, is there any games on tonight? Which... By the way, I appreciate, and I love the fact that he's like, his head is already there. Is the World Series on tonight? Yes. Um, but I'm like, hey, would you listen to what we're, Jesus is trying to talk to us this morning. Can we listen to Jesus for a moment? And then we close the book and we say a little prayer for that. And, and then we're off. And, and by the way, that doesn't happen every morning. But um, and, and we shove the book and then, okay, all right, get Gracie changed into her clothes. Corbin, go get dressed. Okay, and it's like he's purposely walking as slow as possible, and he gets into his room and he comes out and we're like, <laughs> try again, um, and then he goes back into his room to change again, and, um, and then Gracie, we're fighting with her, trying to get her hair done, trying to get her shoes on, all the while looking at the clock because the bus is on its way. You can't stop the bus. So um, when it comes, and then we're like, finally the bus pulls up, we're like. Ah! Uh, everybody out, go, 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 Grace, I'll race you to the bus, you know, um, whatever. We're trying like, I will give you anything you want. Just go to the bus right now. Um, and so we finally get the kids on the bus and they leave and Jen and I are like, oh. and it's just like peace this morning. Um, Corbin had his baseball uniform on. He comes into the bedroom, totally geared up. Boom. He knows it's Sunday. He plays fall ball. So he's playing Sunday afternoon. You're not wearing that to church. But it's, uh, no, you're not, go to, and Jenna's like, I put something on your bed for you to wear. Go put it on. Goes down the hallway. Um, he, he, we hear from the, 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 or down the hallway. He's like, I don't want to wear a polo shirt. And Jenna says, okay, wear a button down. Sammy and Nate get to wear t-shirts. Sammy and Nate's parents don't love them the way that we love you. This is Daryl, by the way, is his boys, uh, and and his, and he doesn't he wears t-shirts too. Their father doesn't care about the way he looks. Okay, we do in this house. Put on your polo shirt. Jesus loves you, right? Because it, it's the morning. It's just what an amazing time to get into this rhythm, to get into this rhythm, to start the day with love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your might, and love one another the same way. How amazing would it be? What would it take for us to just wake up a little bit earlier? It's going to be a circus regardless, right? But in the midst of that circus, to find some focus. In the midst of the chaos, to, to beat that bus. Sounds like a game show. To find that rhythm. That is a natural occurrence. So throughout the day, wherever we go, whoever we encounter, we know loving God first and loving them the same way. 
you know, if that is truly important to us, to teach our kids, to teach one another, to be the type of people who love God first and love one another the same way, we need to find that rhythm. We are never going to step on a tennis court with someone who has won state titles, having just picked up a racket and try to beat them if we don't find that rhythm. We as people of God, we as the family of God, need to begin to find that rhythm so much so that it just becomes a part of who we are. We don't even have to think any longer that my job in my life is to love God and to love others because it just is. At the first service, I, um, my theme was really around a song, and I couldn't get it out of my head. And for some reason, it left until right now. The rhythm is going to get you. You're welcome. Because it's now in your head, isn't it? But it's true. The rhythm is eventually going to get you if we let it and if we live in it. And if we allow God to teach us who he longs for us to be. Let's pray.